0: See Anything But Quiet Time podcast. If you were here last week, you know we had a professional.
1: Yes, yes. Re- and now it's just back to us. Returning to the non-professional. <laughs> Go check that out, though. Mike Winger was amazing. His Bible Thinker podcast. Uh, Rochelle, did you hear about the guy, speaking of professionals, the guy that was selling high fives?
0: I did not hear about this guy selling high fives.
1: Yeah, he's selling high fives. And so this guy walks up. He says, well, do you have any down lows for sale? And the guy selling high fives said, uh, sorry, I'm all out. Uh, You were too
0: slow. (laughs) I don't know how you've been married as long as you have. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Yeah. Just keep the jokes coming. Thanks, Carter. Uh, Of course, this podcast lists through hopeondemand.com. A couple of big things that we're getting to today, tough subjects that people go through, I think, on a daily, at least yearly basis. Yeah. Forgiveness and doubt. Yeah. Um. we're going to get to a little bit of what Lee Strobel has to say about doubt, and you can actually find a, a couple of videos of his at HopeOnDemand.com. But, Rochelle, you were reading about forgiveness. That's your big yeah. subject today. And if
0: I could point out, maybe Lee Strobel is a familiar name to you. Maybe not as much. If I sure. say A Case for Christ.
1: Big movie, big book. He was a former atheist. And, and uh, maybe
0: bells are ringing now. Oh, yeah, yeah that guy. That and guy. I think it's like, it's if you need a really great cookie recipe, you go to a baker If you need to find out how to talk to people who struggle with Christianity Mm -hmm. and belief, talking with a former atheist.
1: That's some great advice right there. Some good advice. Yeah.
0: We've talked about forgiveness and thing in the podcast before. And certainly as a follower of Jesus, we are commissioned to forgive. And there's no like asterisk next to, hey, forgive others except if they do dot, 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 right? That's true. In fact, Jesus says these words, forgive others so that I can forgive you, so that mm-hmm. you will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing those words, <laughs> but he said that, and that goes straight to the heart of the, the matter sometimes because there's some tough stuff that you have lived out. There have been um, trusts broken, uh, betrayals, and uh, those wounds are deep. And perhaps you haven't healed from them. You're, you're still bleeding or you thought you were healed, but something, I don't know, popped that wound right open again. And you realized, oh, I had a way to go.
1: Maybe it's seeing them go on about their life. Like nothing happened mm-hmm. and not, and they never asked for forgiveness, but it was so obvious. Yeah. The that, one
0: who wounded you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have been reading just as Carter was, uh, just really great in sharing the guy who's actually been a part of a lot of your quiet time lately is Mike Winger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we got to hear from him last week. I have really been enjoying a book, which by the way, when you ever get an inkling, the Holy Spirit is telling you, Hey, send this to somebody. Sometimes that works out. Sometimes it may not work out right away. Maybe it's 10 years later, they open the book that you purchased for them and you get a note. Hey, I really enjoyed this book. I gave that to you Ten years ago.
1: And your mom gave this book to you in 1998. (laughs) And so you're finally getting something out of it.
0: My brother Amazoned this book to me. He's Mm -hmm. like, this was such a blessing to me. I want to send it to you. And Scott McKnight is the author. It's called The Jesus Creed. It's been around for a while. So much of it. I am like, wow, this is very, very good. There's always going to be some things where you're reading. You may not 100% agree with the person that wrote it. And that's okay. It's just like with any of your other brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not always going to see eye to eye. It doesn't necessarily mean they're right and you're right, or they're wrong and you're wrong or whatever. But in this subject of forgiveness, some of the things he shared were so valid and deep. And he talks, uh, first he starts it with a C.S. Lewis quote. You can never go wrong with that. Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Mm. You know, it's real easy for me to quote that scripture from Jesus. Well, you got to forgive others. Yeah. In fact, infinite times. Because when he said 70 times seven, I mean, there's, he was indicating a number that wasn't, it was there's an infinite Hyperbole, number. yeah. Yeah. And so some take the words of Jesus to mean that Christians are to forgive whomever for whatever at all times. But there are some things to consider. And it's those wounds that we were talking about earlier and so, this is what Scott brings up. He says, What about this situation, for instance? There was a gentleman named Simon who was Jewish, and he was brought face to face with a young, dying Nazi officer who described an atrocity. He was a part of a situation and herding hundreds of Jews. I, I hate the term herding because it's such an image, isn't it? Mm. Like cattle herding hundreds of Jews into a home and then blowing the home up with grenades and hearing the screams and watching small children die. Mm. And when the Nazi officer to, to make peace with himself pleaded for forgiveness from Simon because he was a Jew, Simon walked away without offering the man one ounce of hope for forgiveness. And it's been asked of many is the Christian to offer such a person forgiveness. A woman is abused by her husband. She's a Christian. He's not. Does that matter? Is she to forgive him? A neighbor is asked to care for a home when the family's on vacation and they're rifling through the drawers and they're stealing money and the family learns about it. Well, is that Christian family to forgive the neighbor and ask him to care for the home the next time that they leave? Is that what forgiveness looks like? What Scott says these questions lead to a fundamental issue. What is forgiveness? And even though the Bible doesn't sort out various kinds of forgiveness. There are two fundamentals usually in practice. There's the objective forgiveness. And I don't know about you. I always struggle when people give me words objective and subjective. You're like, which one means which what? Which one is the thing? Yeah. So objective forgiveness, it refers to reconciliation.
1: Okay.
0: It it refers to the elimination of the offense in the relationship. You go to that person, you're reconciled. There's some sort of ointment put on ointment. Is that a word anybody uses nowadays?
1: Some sort yeah, of yeah, maybe, maybe, not. Yeah. Okay,
0: but it helps with the forgiving experience. And then there is subjective, and that is when you when you forgive experience the forgiveness. Like I, I'm going to release this. I'm going to release the anger. I'm going to release the hatred. I'm going to do this for my benefit, if not for that person's. So that's a subjective type of thing. And so this guy Scott, he ventures into the combination of the two. And there are steps in making that happen. Both of them happen. It's not just one or the other. And if you can hang in there with me for, I think it'll be a blessing to you. So first, the victim of an offense really confronts the offense and the offender's responsibility. And there can be no genuine reconciliation or forgiveness until a person confronts who did what. And if you look at this like a physical wound, that's true. I mean, you get something, a, a cut on your leg, it gets infected, and you do the surface stuff, what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, I, I had a friend once tell me, of course, she was joking, but I had a friend, friend once tell me, yeah, when I start to get sick, my remedy is to just act like I'm not. Um, <laughs> and then I'd probably go 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 away. Yeah, you know? and, no. uh,
0: and it, it, Mind over matter it, or something?
1: It, it doesn't necessarily work that way, but yeah. Not always.
0: No, if you... If there is a growth right there, I have learned from my own experience, if there's a growth on your leg, you need to go get that checked, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And see if it's cancer that you need to pluck out. And so if you've been offended, it, here's the thing. You don't let that stay there. Um, shoving an abusive situation into a hidden pocket of the heart, he says, only lets it fester, which leads to abscess abscesses. So the victim meets the offender and the, the offense by naming it what it really is you got to name that thing stealing you abused me you stole from me the offense is a moral wrong and you don't minimize the situation with an effort to reduce the pain by well i wanted i just want to re- reconcile with this person i just want it to be over because mm. it's painful right to acknowledge those things sometimes when you reset a broken bone oh my word not sometimes I I see those things in the movies. I'm like, ah, you know that that's got to be rectified. The bones got to grow back together, but you got to set it. Yeah. That is not fun. (sighs) No. It takes time. And sometimes it takes a lot of time. Second, the victim recognizes the impact. A victim does not subjectively forgive until, which means the releasing of anger, until they recognize what the offense has done to that relationship whether it merely harmed it or did it destroy it, like a cause of infidelity, maybe Mm -hmm. that destroyed it. Forgiveness admits into view the real emotions that have emerged because of the offense. Third, he says the victim chooses to pursue objective forgiveness. So that's where the reconciliation part comes in. Even with the decision, the disposition, I am going to forgive, a victim still needs to decide to get over it. Or get it behind them or release the anger, or let it go. And to do so, well, they need to absorb injustice by accepting the offender as a human who has sinned. Sometimes we look at people as monsters.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I think what's scary about a situation like uh, the Nazi uh, yeah. example that they brought up yeah. is um, we think how, but I know I've had thoughts of people that were, uh, bad, mm-hmm. um, and then that's also like I wasn't in that time. So how hard if you're recruited to be a part of that, yeah. and you're you're going to be an officer for the Nazi army? People that was the one of the biggest injustices. Just people didn't stand up and say no. Yes, but we know that can be a difficult thing in other ways to yes. stand up and say no when you feel like you are the only one, or your family will be harmed, or and so I I have no idea what it was like to be. I guess tempted would be the word mm-hmm. to do something like that, um, or one of the other examples of what was the one besides the home breaking in. Uh, the, I mean, abuse oh, the, or 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 yeah, yeah and then and then breaking in of Jesus says if you if you've had the thought, so we're all on the same playing field, yes. okay? Yes. And and just because if an action hasn't happened, it doesn't mean we're not all I think capable, certainly.
0: Oh my goodness, yeah, I think that Jesus and His grace transforms you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a process in where you start releasing those kinds of temptations over into his care and they don't affect you anymore. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you can go back into a place and point in time where you felt those things in your heart, I could kill that guy. Mm. If you've ever had that thought, that clues you in how we are a sin we have a sinful nature. Yeah. And it took Jesus yeah. to come and deprive us of that if you will in a great way you know take it away from us and so yeah i need to as the victim i have to suspend what i look at is even justice i have to write this wrong um it's about i have to absorb the injustice by accepting the offender as a human who has sinned and then the victim suspends that justice and offers forgiveness in a subjective way releasing that over and saying, okay, I obviously I can't take care of your side of things, but I am am choosing to release that. I wanted you to know that. And here is where the potential, I think, for reconciliation can come in because the offer of that grace sometimes melts the heart of the person who did the wrong. So the victim strives for justifiable reconciliation, objective forgiveness. And the lovely idea S.C.S. Lewis shared at the very beginning of this whole thing we were reading here, is suddenly that becomes even harder now. The disciple of Jesus knows God's immense love for sinful humans, and Jesus' incredible example of asking, while on the cross, we've shared this many times, what does he say to the people who have spat in his face, ripped out his beard, crushed so much of who he was? I mean, in terms of not just his physicality, but, I mean, they were stripping him of any. People revered the man. you know, there's no respect and what they were trying to do was shame him. So here he is in this humble position, and Jesus says, "Father, forgive. Mm. Father forgive, for they know not what they do. And because of these truths, we as followers of Jesus, as the disciple, were challenged to reconcile with the offender, because Jesus did it, right? And that can take time. And furthermore, he goes on, the degree of reconciliation, it's shaped by things. That are out of your control right so our hurts whether or not the offender has repented how long the offender may have served time in prison if they're a dangerous person if they're not alive anymore all of that factors in but finally forgiveness creates an alternative reality and I think that's what we're seeking and that's what we desire because we want healing right it's an alternative reality those who forgive unleash a flow of love for others And the simple fact is this, when we are forgiven by those whom we have offended, and I will admit, man, I've had to apologize and humble myself because I have been wrong. And when someone chooses to forgive me, he writes, we suddenly become alive internally in a way that we didn't expect. Mm. And it creates this cycle of grace. And then there's this moral ceasefire. I did that. Well, you did that to me. Well, you did that to me. Like, you know, these debates we get into. And when somebody humbles themselves and says, you know what? I was in the wrong about this. Mm. I'm really sorry. That puts water on the fire. Or if you're the person who was offended and says something gracious. I, I remember Mandisa when she was on American Idol. And she had watched Simon Cowell very famously make fun of her after her audition Mm -hmm. and said, we're going to need a bigger stage because at that time Mandisa was carrying extra weight Mm -hmm. and she was already probably self-conscious about it as a woman who's gained weight. You know, I I'm self-conscious about those things too. And so it hurt her, but she came back on the show and instead of just not saying anything, which is what this is addressing is like, don't don't leave things unsaid if they need to be said. Mm. She very graciously, Said to him, "I want you to know that Jesus gives me the power to forgive, and I forgive you. I forgive you. That's what I want to do. And if he can do it, I can do it too. And it's so touched, Simon. I mean, what else could he do? (laughs) He comes around and gives her a big hug, but received that grace. And it there's this there's this dousing of water on the fire that could be. And I don't want fire in my heart unless it's on fire for Jesus. You know, I don't want to live a life with burning resentment and bitterness. I I want that love. And sometimes the wound is deep. And I think these steps are very helpful, Carter, and like getting to a place of, Oh, I can find release because I've truly tackled this situation, but maybe you don't feel like you don't, you don't know how, or I thought this was so good. So thank you, Scott McKnight. Um,
1: yeah. Lots to think about. Um, one that comes to mind is I can't believe people don't use the word ointment anymore. <laughs> Uh, no, I've been thinking a lot more about than that. Uh, I guess they use cream. I don't know. Maybe ointment is still a word that people use, but uh, thinking about that, especially the, there's two examples there, the Mandisa thing and the, uh, breaking and entering, you know, or house sitting for somebody and then stealing their stuff. Yeah. We've talked about how trust is different from, than forgiveness. So you wouldn't allow that guy to watch your house again. You socialize and love on and say you openly forgive.
0: I think you... You don't slam the door on never again. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say, because I think we've seen people who do do this like 180 and you're like, oh my word, they have changed. Their life has turned around. And it's Mm -hmm. just like anybody else. If you, if you build a level of trust and you realize they're truly repentant, there might be somewhere down the road, but certainly.
1: If they're not repentant, you can't, you can't do that.
0: If you don't see it in their lives, they could be walking the walk. Are they talking the talk? Wait, they could be talking the talk. Are they walking the walk? Are they walking the
1: walk? Yeah. Well, and, and it's like this, you know, to my knowledge, Simon Cowell is not a Christian. So let's say Mandisa has a daughter.
0: Yeah.
1: And man, she wants like, you know, somebody to be in her life to just talk about how beautiful she is and wonderfully made she is. Mm-hmm. I got this guy, Simon, that's going to come over and give you a pep talk. No, no. you're not going to hire <laughs> Simon Cowell to come. Really, anybody's not going to do that to yeah. give you a pep talk. and And, and unless... Simon was to totally do a 180 because he becomes a believer in Jesus. And then maybe he is a motivational speaker, you know? So, so there's just, there's certain things you wouldn't do with the trust side of it.
0: Right. But you
1: would let it go and go to dinner with Simon or, or whatever.
0: I think that's such a solid point because we do, we know that we are a new creation in Christ. We've talked about the process of time though, in those, um, in those changes in our world. I remember uh, a story my parents told me years and years ago. They went to a a church meeting at a very large venue, and this fisherman comes up onto the stage, has received Jesus for the first time in his life, knows no other language than his fisherman language. And if you've ever watched one of those fisherman shows, like up in Alaska, oh no, you know what the language is going to be like. Uh, the at language this is known meeting. as
1: colorful. Is that <laughs> is that what the
0: And he goes on to profess the name of Christ using the only language he knew. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: And my parents were blessed by it. Yeah. Because it didn't come out as filthy. It came out as this man was trying to express something that had happened to me, to him. So there's a process of time, I'm sure, that went over time where somebody came alongside and said, Dude, I know your heart. You're a wonderful person. I'm so excited. Um, We... Maybe should talk about <laughs> etiquette in the church. I Maybe mean, not on
1: the stage, at the you very know? least. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but there, there's a process <laughs> of time for those kinds of changes, and sometimes they're not. I mean, you are immediately saved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the moment you say yes. If you say yes right now, Jesus, I'm in. I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose for me to, to make it happen, so I can live with you forever. You say yes right now. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are saved. It is that easy. It is a belief. It is faith. And the other stuff, like that doesn't necessarily mean, I've heard about supernatural occurrences where people immediately overnight, the addiction is taken away. It's incredible, but there's, there's a process of time for a lot of this. We're still flesh. Exactly. And so the, you have to recognize that if that's true for your own life, you've seen that in truth. Yeah, you could forgive that neighbor. Like you said, there is nothing, it doesn't make you less of a forgiving person. To go now, I'm going to step back and, in wisdom, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me navigate this relationship we have now. Perhaps there has been reconciliation
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: past the the subjective, if you will, of just you personally releasing that. Um, I think that it's it's really smart for you to bring that up because I I know that there's this there's purity about wanting to forgive and then just put your faith in that person's like they're moving forward. I want them to succeed, so I'm going to believe that they're not going to rob me blind again. Let's take a beat. Let's use wisdom. If the Holy Spirit moves you to that, then look, I'm going to go step in the Holy Spirit's way. But
1: well, I think especially that's where it, where it comes up is that middle one, the abusive situation, mm-hmm. is making sure that you're you're safe. Yeah, that you are you're getting counsel, and and if if, if that's the situation. Uh, there, there definitely could be a 180 of if they become a believer Oh yeah, in Jesus. And so never g- giving that up. But every situation is different. I definitely want to say that. Sure. Um, and certainly we want you to be safe and and seek out counsel, past- pastoral. Or, um, you know, my pastor said once, um, if you are getting abused, uh, you love them mm-hmm. through it. And you call the police on them. He mm. like said it so firmly. And so just wanted to make sure that that's... Uh, but I just want to make sure to say that. Yes. Uh, that may cause doubts in your life with faith. Um like you said Rochelle, when you when you believe it and when uh, the verse I was going to get into and in, into Romans it's it's very simple Romans 10 9 and 10 If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Mm -hmm. And yet we go in ebbs and flows and ups and downs of, all right, I know it's true. And the next day, well, well, is it though? Mm Because why would this have happened in my life? Mm -hmm. Or is there factual evidence? I haven't looked into it enough. And that's where we got, you know, with Mike Winger last week talking about some of that um at hopeondemand.com you can see Lee Strobel talk about uh, so much he is a former atheist and he he recently wrote some words about doubts and how honestly it's it's frightening to especially because the the christian community is not good about this never would you see somebody on stage or very rarely at least yeah, i'm going through doubt mm-hmm. i just don't know if i believe that it's true or i don't believe this aspect or i can't reconcile this because for some reason, we feel we have to have this facade. Uh, yeah. No, I believe everything's good. They're good. How you doing?
0: Good. Good. Because maybe the concern is, maybe it's a valid concern. You're like, I, I want to not be a stumbling block for somebody else. You've heard that term. There's I some don't that. want to cause other people to stumble. So I'm going to suffer in my own issues right now so that I don't hurt somebody else. Like who's, who's doing real good or they're about there to receive Jesus. I,
1: and I thats i think that's certainly possible. But I think uh, monkey see, monkey do. There's just this cycle that continues because mm. you see the pastor or church member, good, good. And then months later, you found out they were going through something. Mm-hmm. So then you feel like you should do the same and we shouldn't speak out until after we're over it. But yeah. that's when we should speak out sometime. Again, every situation is different too, but... He says this, he said doubt, this is least trouble. doubt comes from a word meaning to, and to believe is to be in one mind about accepting something as true. So for example, Jesus, but to disbelieve is to be in one mind about rejecting it and to doubt is to waver between the two. And here's the thing. We get that word disbelieve and doubt really mm-hmm. confused in our heads, uh, that, that unbelief refers to a willful refusal to Mm -hmm. believe or a deliberate decision to disobey God. But doubt, that's different. When when we doubt we're being indecisive or ambivalent about an issue, we haven't come down squarely on the side of disbelief or belief. We're simply struck over some questions or concerns. So go ahead and breathe a sigh of relief. (laughs) Those words might be just what you needed to hear to begin neutralizing the anxiety that the doubt virus has been generating inside of you, robbing you of the hope your Christian faith ought to give you. And he goes on to say that another misconception is that doubt is always detrimental. Doubt can make you see and and should make us seek out the truth on why it's true, the hope we have, reminisce on what God's done with us before, that proof of both personal and factual historical evidence of the Bible. And he said, you know, actually a lot of um, like most religious cults, for instance, would go out of business immediately if their members would exercise a healthy dose of doubt to just seek out. What's true. Yes. And we as knowing the absolute truth, because there's just, just instance after instance that the Bible is true. If we just had that healthy amount or used that healthy amount of doubt, because I'm sure it's there, you know, up and down in our lives. If we use that to uh, reach out and press in, yes, we would find more hope mm-hmm. because of the doubt rather than giving in and going, well, I, I must not believe that. No, 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 no. Don't don't give in to that.
0: So my son yesterday is having his piano lesson, has become very proficient. It's a gifting God's given him. And he's Zoom learning Oh yeah, <laughs> with this teacher who is Robo Woman. I don't know. She's amazing. She's like a she's a medical doctor and she's played with world famous musicians. Um just fantastic. Let me guess, pianist. she's pretty. She's gorgeous. I can't stand those people.
1: She's got have... her baby
0: right there, and somehow she's, she's able to bottle feed while teaching and playing the piano. These
1: people got everything.
0: Come on. <laughs> Dr. Rue is her name. She's just a very smart woman because she tells my son, Sammy, I choose pieces for you where I know you struggle so hmm. that you can hone your gift. And I've never heard her say that before, but I thought, well, that just makes sense. That's just good teaching, isn't it? Yeah. Why would you pick easy stuff? You're never going to get better. Jesus chose his disciples so that you and I could get better and not just them. I really believe that he chose Thomas on purpose. And Thomas is the prime example of doubt in scripture. He's the guy who's like, unless I put my hands and my fingertips in the holes where Jesus was pierced by those nails on the cross or in his side where he was speared or in his feet. I will not believe that he was risen from the dead because that guy was a on paper kind of guy. Mm-hmm. This doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. I, I'm, I'm a figures person. I, I, I have to see it to believe it. Sure. Jesus included this guy in his group of guys. Yeah. Because he wanted you and I to know, I don't condemn those who doubt. He did not condemn Thomas. We have shared this before. And he was like encouraging to him though. He said, Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and believed. So when you're talking about pressing into the doubt, Carter, I think I think that when we press in, it's like when Thomas was told those words, when I don't see it, you're going to bless me, Father, because you're telling me through that, that scripture, that passage, that story, I'm dealing with doubt just like Thomas dealt with doubt and your words to him were not condemning. But you're blessing me because I haven't seen the answer right now. I don't know how all of this is going to end, the struggle, wherever you're at. I don't know. But you tell me I'm blessed. I'm going to be blessed for this situation. So, yes, you can grow. Um, You can learn. Obviously, like you said, seeking out answers. That's so important. But pressing in, I think, in a good way, maybe... um, maybe not as thomas did pressing into the nail-scarred hands but pressing into him and leaning into him not on our own understanding as it says in proverbs yeah um but i had so good so embrace it sometimes
1: yeah and that's that's tough to say Yeah. right but absolutely embracing doubt embracing pain that's getting stronger embracing there's there's so much to that and not just giving up
0: and then yeah maybe what the guy said help my unbelief exactly i do believe i'm struggling here lord and again, healing was on the other side of that that man's confession.
1: Mm.
0: I, I struggle. I struggle with this. Would you help my unbelief? And Jesus healed his son, you know. It, there's so much promise there. And I think the world wants to dump, the, the world's attitude is like, well, if you believe this way, the devil's like wants to, oh, yeah, you're a terrible Christian because you thought that. Mm, it's a yeah. lie. Yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: hopeondemand.com. We'd love for you to check it out. There's so many great resources about doubt and anxiety and forgiveness. And there's there's articles, there's videos. There's obviously more from Lee Strobel right there. Encouragement, um, yeah. And uh, also a lot of people, speaking of uh, believing, what uh, happened? a lot of people believing uh, in this Mandalorian season two. A lot of people are excited yeah. about that.
0: Interesting, the Mandalorian. Um, yeah.
1: I know Yoda's not technically in it, you know, but no, baby it's the Yoda is the child. October
0: 30th. We can't wait to see what happens. Uh, but
1: did you know that Yoda had a last name? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, Leahy Who. Yoda. Yoda. Leahy Who.
0: <laughs> Again, Kelsey and you, How many years? <laughs>